You're listening to sermons from St. Macarios the Great, Orthodox Mission in Hyde Park. on the surface. For one thing, it's a story that is full of irony. This blind man, physically incapable of sight, is the one who sees the spiritual truth of our Lord. While the crowd, those who are following Jesus and could see with their physical eyes, failed to see the spiritual truth of the situation. You can see this in the fact that as the, Jesus in the crowd passes by, the blind man asks, who's passing by? What's going on? And the crowd answers him, it's Jesus of Nazareth. But then when he calls out to him, he says, not Jesus of Nazareth, but Jesus, son of David, have mercy upon me. This is a messianic title for our Lord. The blind man could see something the others couldn't. And this is often the way that blindness and sight function in the scriptures. Yes, there's this literal sense of blindness, and the word can even mean to be unseen, not just to be unable to be seen, or unable to see, but to be unseen, which this man probably was both. But then there is also a spiritual sense to blindness and to sight. And the Gospels play with this distinction, this literal sight and blindness and the spiritual sense of that. To be spiritually blind is to be caught in sin and idolatry. And to have spiritual sight means to return to faithfulness to God, fidelity. There are many examples of this. I chose just three to highlight this point in the prophet Ezekiel. In the 12th chapter, the first two verses, the word of the Lord came to the prophet and said, Son of man, you live in the midst of a rebellious house. They have eyes to see but do not see, ears to hear, but do not hear. They are such a rebellious house. 
why God sent prophet to warn the people. The same is true of the prophet Jeremiah. In the fifth chapter of the prophet Jeremiah, beginning in verse 19, we hear the prophet explaining to the people the reason why God is sending them into exile. And he says, As you have abandoned me to serve foreign gods in your own land, so shall you serve foreigners in a land not your own. Announce this to the house of Jacob. Proclaim it in Judah. Pay attention to this, you foolish and senseless people who have eyes and do not see, who have ears and do not hear. And finally, in Psalm 115, we have this great polemic against idolatry where the psalmist says of the idols that they, the idols are silver and gold, the work of human hands. They have mouths, but do not speak. Eyes, but do not see. They have ears, but do not hear. Noses, but do not smell. They have hands, but do not feel feet but do not walk. They produce no sound from their throat. And this is the important part. The psalmist says, their makers will be like them, and anyone who trusts in them. Eyes but do not see, ears but do not hear. Senseless. This is how the scriptures describe the spiritual state of blindness. But our Lord does not abandon those who are blind. He will not allow them, his people, God will not allow them to wallow in sin and idolatry and death. And part of this promise messianic coming of our Lord is precisely to give sight to the blind. Anytime you're reading in Luke's Gospel, where this reading comes from, you have to remember the key thesis of Luke's Gospel, proclaimed in the original sermon of our Lord, the very first sermon he gave in a synagogue in Nazareth. We've talked about it before. On the Sabbath, Jesus stood up to read, and they handed a scroll of the prophet Isaiah. And Jesus unrolled the scroll and found the passage where it was written, The Spirit of the Lord is upon me, because he has anointed me to bring glad tidings to the poor. He has sent me to proclaim liberty to captives, recovery of sight to the blind, to let the oppressed go free, to proclaim a year acceptable to the Lord. And of course, our Lord says, today, that scripture was fulfilled in our hearing. So I think what this shows is that we need to read this story not merely as a physical miracle. The story of this blind man near Jericho is also true of all of our lives. 
is all of us are caught in sin, idolatry, and death. And our Lord comes to each of us this morning to bring healing, spiritual healing. And this blind man in this story, I think, is a very powerful example of how this healing works, how we are healed. And it's four main steps. The first step of healing, of spiritual healing, is self-awareness. The blind man knew his situation. He knew his predicament. He knew his need. And that awareness was the first step on his path to finding you. And the temptation for us, I think, is often to get trapped in this first step. We know we become aware of our sin, become aware of something, but rather than taking that self-awareness and moving forward towards healing, we get stuck in guilt or shame or fear lest somebody find out or somebody else might know and we try to hide. But that's not what this man does. He doesn't get trapped in that first step. For him to be aware of, of his need, aware of his need, is what drives him towards you. And the second step then, after our self-awareness, is to request help and to clarify our desires. When the blind man finds out what's going on, he says, Jesus, Son of David, have mercy on me. He makes his request for help known. But beyond that, when he encounters our Lord, Jesus asks him what some think is a rather silly question. What do you want me to do for you? As if it would be obvious, right? I mean, but our Lord asks him this question because it's important for us to know what is the thing that we truly desire. Where are our desires directed towards? He could have just said, well, I want, you know, a couple, a couple coins in my coffers. That's what a blind man would expect from most people. Some alms. What do you want? So to request that help, but also to clarify that desire. Because our Lord doesn't impose his will upon this person, but asks him what he wants. And for the spiritual life, this is especially important, as the things we love, the things we desire, often get out of balance and out of whack. And for us to reorder those desires properly is what it means to be healed. And maybe even, you know, for some of us, we're self-aware, we know that, what that sin is, or what that issue is, 
We're not quite sure if we want to be healed. Don't quite know if we're ready to give it up. I'm sort of vaguely remembering uh, a sort of a prayer of St. Augustine for um, sexual purity, but not yet. Uh, not quite yet. Not, not quite ready for that. So even if we can't desire to be healed, even if we don't, if we aren't there yet, that's okay. Perhaps we can just want to desire it. Pray for that. To, to desire to desire. So, to be self-aware, to request help and clarify our desires. And number three, the third step in our spiritual healing is gracious acceptance and reception of that healing. For this man, this, this blind man, he told him what he desired, our Lord, and our Lord healed him. And often, that acceptance, that reception of that healing involves laying aside our own pride, our own ego. It's not easy to admit we need help, oftentimes. So to accept it as a pure, gratuitous gift, is the third step, to accept it as a gift with gratitude, with praise, giving glory to God. To be open enough to, to accept it. That is the third step. And then finally, we hear from this story that the fourth step on our process of healing is to follow the healer. After this healing, this man who was blind but now could see became a follower of Jesus. And for us, that following of our Lord is the key step. And we don't follow, we don't follow merely because we are healed. That's a certain part of it, but also because we are all in the process of healing. And the more we follow the healer, the more we become self-aware of our own sin and start the process all over again. As we are slowly, ever more being healed, being transformed by God's grace into the very likeness of God. So I want to close with one final scripture text that speaks of God's promise to do this, to heal us. It's from the prophet Isaiah in one of his servant songs, the songs of the suffering servant in, in the Isaiah chapters 40 through 55. This is from Isaiah 42. This is what the Lord says, Here is my servant, whom I uphold, my chosen one, in whom I am well pleased. Upon him I have put my spirit, and he shall bring forth justice to the nations. 
He will not cry out nor shout or make his voice heard in the streets. A bruised reed he will not break, and a dimly burning wick he will not quench. He will faithfully bring forth justice. You probably know that part. But a few verses down, it says this. This is the voice of God speaking, this voice of that servant. It says, I will lead the blind on a way they do not know. A path they do not know, I will guide them. And I will turn darkness into light before them and make crooked ways straight. These are my promises. I made them, and I will not forsake them. And our Lord who promises to make darkness into light for us in the crooked way straight. Christ, our true God, have mercy on us and save us. Amen. Amen.